Welcome to Dating Essentials with Eva, the Relationship Maker, where we talk about dating, relationships, and we answer your questions. I hope you're going to have as much fun listening to this interview as I had fun doing the interview. And really, nothing says more than this book that every day is a new day in your life. Hi, Aiden. Hello. Uh, Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so nice to meet you, actually, like, like this, face-to-face. I read your book and I believe your book, it's not just a book about your life, but I find that it's, um, it's one of those books that you want to go back and, and find some information because you are very detailed in some of the places and you give a lot of information for people to follow. And I love the QR. It's the first time I use the a Q code. How you call it? QR code? Barcode, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, I signed up, it didn't work. And after I signed up to one, and it's like, I have it all. So it's perfect. Oh, oh great. I love that. So let me, let me do some justice. And what I'm going to do is introduce you in a proper way. You are a certified NLP practitioner. Yes. And I had to look up what is the EST. And it was very interesting because both of the, those things, they work with the mind. Yeah. I never heard before of it. And I said, yeah, let's play with people's mind. But I love your sense of humor. <laughs> no, it's yeah. really like, it's really fantastic. So let's get serious. So who is Aiden Park? is an author, speaker, empowerment coach, comedian, and president of Solar Shark Inc. Dedicated <laughs> to spreading ideas and tools of empowerment and authentic joy. Combining his love for empowerment, comedy, and teaching, Aidan has helped hundreds of individuals to personal breakthrough by discovering their personal authentic joy and empowerment. I love that. Because he could not pursue the traditional college education, Aidan became a student of empowerment and success principles, which led to his success in multiple career fields. Aidan started his career as a musical theater actor, appearing in over 30 theater productions, then successfully transitioned into a camera in which he appears in movies, TV, commercials, and other projects. You also, um, as I read, run three businesses, produce four to five comedy shows a month at Hollywood top, top comedy clubs, uh, The Love Factory, Hollywood Impro, The World Famous Comedy Store, and Ice House. And one of the things I read that you had the bubble. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> good, good. We're going to talk about that because I... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll pop some bubbles for you. <laughs> yeah, lots of bubbles. I like the, the little problems and how you solve them and how you put your mindset to 
really be happy, really change your 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 thinking in a way that very few people can. When I read your book, I said, "Yeah, you are 34, but you lived 334 lives," because very few people at your age have the knowledge that you have. Usual people develop it much later, so you are really. Uh, one of the rare people who achieved that. So oh, thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about your life? Because we're going to be talking about anyway a little bit later. Sure. Okay. Oh, you mean to just go? <laughs> just go. Yeah, just yeah. go. Oh, uh, it's funny. Um, I uh, so that's so funny you say that. You say like, oh, like uh, you know, you actually. Um, you know, have a big knowledge base for 30, I'm actually 35, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> I, I did get Botox. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I can't, look, I, I mean, I'm, the, your audiences can't see this, but my, the middle of my forehead will not go up along with the other eyebrows. So I, <laughs> my forehead. You want a secret? Yeah. In two weeks, I'm having one down too, so it's okay. You are? Oh, cool. Awesome. I recommend Botox to anyone. I think it's great. Made me happy. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I spend on my dog uh, like a thousand dollars. Why couldn't I spend three hundred dollars on me? I'm worth it. Exactly, exactly. And you know, and and it saved me. And you thought I was a year younger, a whole year. So, that <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah. So the reason why I have that uh, knowledge base, there's a specific reason. You know. I moved to this country, the, the United States. I, I'm, I'm a, a Californian. I, I moved to the United States from Korea when I was nine. And I was brought to the United States undocumented. I, was not, I did not have the proper papers for being here. And when I graduated from high school, I actually could not go to college because I uh, was still undocumented. And I didn't know that that would be a problem until I had already gotten into all the schools. Also, I should point out that when I moved to the United States, I didn't really have parents. So my mom moved here as a single mom with me to uh, the United States and um, she had to go to the other side of the country for a job. It was an unfortunate situation, but you know, she had to go over there and she left me with my grandmother in her government apartment where you know, I wasn't allowed to be there. Um, and we were on like, you know, poverty food boxes. We were living on like $600 a month. And as much as my grandmother was loving, she couldn't speak English. She didn't know how to parent me. So she kind of took a back seat. And so I really know emotional support or mental support or language skills or I didn't have anything. <laughs> so basically I was kind of on the ragged edge. I was kind of like, Tarzan boy, <laughs> if you will. So I, but I did manage to get good grades. I thought that going to college would be the way for me to go and I couldn't go. And then I tried to get a job and I couldn't get a job because I didn't have the proper documentation. And so I then decided at 19, it was a good idea to be, you know, a prostitute off of Craigslist to make money because I'm also gay. I don't know if they picked that up. <laughs> People are like listening to this. Oh, I hope he knows. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's so unimportant. What people orientation is, I think it's, yeah. so, it's nobody's business. Nobody's business, yeah. But for the context of the Craigslist yeah. 
thing. I just want to say, like, I don't, you know, if somebody's listening and they're like, oh, I'm going to get into it so I can get women to pay. <laughs> women don't pay for guys, guys. <laughs> men pay for men. Women don't pay for men. <laughs> so I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And you coach men, so they should know. They should know that that's not a good business venture if they are no, looking no. for women yeah. <laughs> as their clientele. So at that point, I was at my really lowest low, really, truly just, what do you have? I have no papers. I couldn't get a job. I, I, did, I, I went into prostitution, and then I ended up getting HIV. Um, as a result. And so now I have a health problem and a very, and not just the health, it's a, HIV is such a shameful health problem. People are like really ashamed to talk about it. You know, it's not like if you have cancer, it's like, Oh, you have cancer. If oh, you have yeah. HIV, it's like a, you know, it's like a dirty disease or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I was at this point and a friend of mine saw where I was and she recommended this empowerment seminar that I got sent to. It was called the Liberty Experience. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, I learned, and nobody ever, nobody teaches you this in public school. Nobody teaches you this in, um, you know, as you're growing up. I never got access to any of this. Taking responsibility for your life, making sure your thinking lines up with where you would like to go. And the idea of integrity and the idea of authenticity and lining up with your personal values and figuring out what's important to you. All of those things are not something that we talk about enough in the world. And it blew my mind when I went to the seminar. And so I continued on that trajectory because it gave me such hope. I was like, well, I can't educate myself traditionally, but I can study successful people and I can study empowerment and I can learn how to frame my mind so I can get the life I want. Mm -hmm. And so when you say like, oh, for 35, you did really, you know, you know a lot. It's because at 19, it was the only avenue of, of um, education that I had available to me. So I threw myself in and I started studying success principles from that age. Um, and uh, I, my passion, it's my big passion. I love Can it. Can you imagine if politicians would be that that straightforward and they would take i mean one of the things about your book it's so raw it's so authentic it's so you know like you don't have to go behind the lines to uh, to find out who you are because you are there you like it you don't like it this is who i am i'm not ashamed of it i'm not apologizing for it and that's what it is. Can you imagine politician doing that? Nobody could uh, blackmail them to oh my do God. things. <laughs> but I have to tell you, I've given up on politics a long time ago. <laughs> I, I don't like, honestly, as I started studying empowerment, I have such a strong opinion on this. I feel like politicians do this thing where they, not all of them, but a mm -hmm. lot of them, kind of want you to feel disempowered they want to say the reason why your life is not working is because the system is broken so elect me and get me in and let me fix the system then your life will work which is so detrimental to that person because yeah. the reality is whoever is in office mm -hmm. it shouldn't matter 
you learn the map of whatever the new policies are and you can maneuver yourself so that you can take back the power so that you can empower yourself to make the life you want regardless of whatever's in front. And that's what we should be telling people. These people just want their votes. So they'll present almost like an excuse as to why their lives may not be working so that they can get their votes in exchange. Yeah. And I feel that's so bad for the people. Don't you find that, I find that me personally, I find that people, they always have excuses. They don't want to take responsibility for many of their actions. And it's always somebody else's fault. Why did they not succeed? And here you are, you are basically, when I'm thinking about what you did with your grandmother, that you took over you go, you uh, raised yourself in a way, okay, she was there in a certain way to, uh, to support you, but otherwise you raised yourself. You, have, you did whatever you had to do to survive. Like when people come out from school and they say, I'm, a, I'm going to be a CEO, I'm going to do this, I know this, like psychologist. And I'm like, what kind of experience you had? Because I trust more somebody like you than somebody who has a piece of paper. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it, I, think it, I think there is some truth to it. It's like, um, the, re the reason why I think, I think my situation is very unique is because I only studied empowerment so I could find success for me, right? Mm -hmm. I was, so I was the guinea pig. So whatever I learned, I was doing it for me. I was like, how do I apply this? Oh, that didn't work. How do I apply this? Oh, that worked. Oh, that didn't work. And so I was really kind of toying with all those ideas and actually putting it into practice um, and seeing the results of my own life, right? From the application. Um, and I think you're right. I think there's a lot of theory books out there that present a theory and mm -hmm. people learn theory and then, but don't have a practical application knowledge. I haven't been there. Do you know what I mean? It's like there was oh, yeah. a... It's a big, big, it's a big difference. And I was laughing in the beginning of the book because you are so funny. And some of the things you are saying, it's like, oh my God, it's like, uh, I can't believe this guy. It's like so resonates. And no. after when you got to the point that you lost the love of your life, and I have to tell you only one thing, can you imagine how fortunate you were and you are that actually you had that experience? How many people never have that experience? Yeah, I, I kind of look at it, it's kind, of fun, it's kind of funny you say that because, you know, I was very angry for a really long time. I was very upset. Um, I was with them for five years and we were really, we really were like, Peanut butter jelly. I mean, do they have they have that in Canada, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's big. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, like ketchup chips, the ketchup and chips. <laughs> That's a Canadian thing. They don't have that here. Did you know that? No, I didn't. We don't have ketchup chips, which is a travesty. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I lost them, at first I was like, I'm so upset and. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, you know, Olympic gymnasts, like mm -hmm. Olympic gymnasts who do flips and stuff like that. Like they, their careers go to like maybe their mid twenties if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. And then they have to move on from that point. 
and maybe they become a mother or maybe they become a speaker or maybe that whatever it is, they're moving on to the next chapter. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at my relationship with Michael like, boy, we really won gold. We were gold medalists in the area of relationships. Wasn't that amazing? And now it's time for me to move on yes. and explore these other things. And it gave me a new perspective. I just really, I just appreciate so much what I had with Michael. Well, you know what? Uh, nobody can, how to say, even after Michael was gone, you became even a better person and more more grounded because you really found yourself. I don't think you you knew really yourself why will, uh, when we, uh, you were with Michael, 100%, yeah. right? Yeah. You didn't know yourself as much as you find yourself after. Yeah. It was, um, so when, when I studied the, all those empowerment things between from 9 to 33, that's, those are the times where... Uh, you know, Michael, whatever. I was definitely applying all of my tools for um, empowerment. And I got, I was very good at getting things. I ran a show at the Laugh Factory for four years. I ran a bunch of small businesses. I made money. I worked out. Da, 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 da. And it was all for tangible goals that I thought I wanted. Right? Tangible goals. Mm -hmm. Then after Michael died, I was like, nothing matters. I just want to be happy. I can't feel this bad every day. There's no way. I have to learn how to be happy because this is not, this cannot continue. I can't live day to day with this level of grief and sadness and, and, and upset going on in my life every day. So what is it that'll make me happy? And so I shifted my focus from getting tangible goals and results to being joyful, being happy, being authentically joyful. But and you that, have to hit rock bottom. You have to, yeah. <laughs> it's funny I, because there is a point when you say, okay, this is it. Yeah. And I suppose you had it then when you were in Modesta. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? That was your rock bottom because you that said, okay, this is So bad. It. Yeah. Well, because what happens is, okay, so this is, this is interesting because it's like Michael dies and I was suicidal after Michael died. Oh, and I, I love was, that. Tell, tell the story about being cheap. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> okay, so I went shopping for, I, 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 after Michael died, I was, I was so in love with him. We really were in love. And uh, when he died, I was like, I, this is it. I'm going to go shopping for a gun. I'm going to, I'm going to find a gun and maybe away with myself. I don't want to do this. So I went shopping for a gun and I found a gun for like $300 on a pawn shop. And then I found the gun online for $70. And I just looked and I was like, wow, how can I just buy a gun online for like $70? But in person, it's like $300. What a ripoff. And then I was like, wow. I am so cheap. I am bargain hunting for my suicide weapon. <laughs> Which is so stupid because if there was ever a time to put something on a credit card, that would have been it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was priceless. That and there are a few things that we're going to talk later on that, yeah, it's, it's just like 
but this is who you are, your basic personality. Doesn't matter how bad it is, the way you deal with it is with humor, right? Um, uh, yes, when I can get perspective. I think if I'm lost in it, if I'm so deep in it, I can't see it. I can't see it at all. It's like, it's such a dark, it can get dark, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you're in such darkness, like all you want to do is find the light. That's all I want. Like, uh, you're right. I had to hit rock bottom. I had to. Yeah. And so my priority became being happy versus, and, and, and the thing is like, how do people say, okay, like the general tactic that people will tell you, like, I want to be happier. And the general advice that the world would offer would be, Oh, you want to be happier? Why don't you get a better job and make more money and have more friends and get a girlfriend or whatever? So you try to fix the life outside of you to improve your happiness level. And so I took that approach at first when Michael first died, applying everything I knew about, you know, empowerment. When I did that, I found that doesn't, that's very, it's a trap. And it burned me very badly. I burned out, I could not find, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I was like, you can't do it, can you? This is not something that is possible, huh? And so I ended up in having, you know, three panic attacks during that time. I ended up, it was just a really bad situation. But it's interesting how people usually think that, oh, if I'm going to achieve that, I'm going to be happy. If I'm going to, to have more money, I'm going to be happy. If I'm oh. going to, and it's always if I'm going to, if I'm going right. to, but they never see what they have. And this is what I ordered from Amazon and I got it today. Yeah. Oh, I, I start with gratitude. It's a beautiful thing. It's the most important thing. And I have done it at one point and it just remi remind you that what is now, because Today is sure, but whatever is going to be tomorrow, you never know. You can go out hit by a car or a brick or whatever. You never know. So why worry about tomorrow? Why? I mean, you make some plans, but you cannot really make so many plans. Look what's happening now. Yeah. You can, and, and the thing is, like, that's kind of the joy of life, almost. Because it's like the winding road is what if everybody if everything were to guarantee that you was going to go well for the rest of your life life would not be fun let's be honest yeah you're going to hit a hundred percent of your targets and get everything you want what fun is that you want to hit some challenges you want to hit you know and so being a part of that journey and embracing negative emotions actually like when you're sad like going this is a part of it this is a part of the journey and being grateful to be a player in the game versus trying to push against the negative emotion, you know? It's such a big lesson to learn. Um, How many people, they numb themselves with pills, with drugs, with, with alcohol, and they don't experience life. You want to feel the pain. You want to feel the happiness. You want to be present 100%. No. You want to. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Like, you know, we biologically are, are made so perfect. You know, when we were cavemen and somebody tries to come and, you know, steal your, you know, berries that you've collected all day and you get mad, you're supposed to be mad. That's good. So you go, no way, man, put down those berries. Those are mine. Yeah. Um, 
but nowadays it's like, oh, you feel angry? Try Lexapro. Try. <laughs> <laughs> breathe. Breathe. <laughs> just kill your negative emotions. Whatever. Just ignore them. Just ignore them. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, come on. Why do you think so many people have cancer? Because they keep everything inside. And at one point, that stress that puts on the body mm -hmm. has to come out somehow. Yeah. It's, um, I think everything manifests first as a negative emotion. Yeah. And I think what people do is they take a negative emotion and they go, like for example, I, I like this analogy. You might open your bank account and then find that you have 10 cents in there, right? Mm -hmm. And you might feel worried, you know? But what happens is when you feel worried about the 10 cents, that's fine. It's fine if you're like, ooh, 10 cents. I don't like that feeling. Let's go make more money. Simple. This is what people do. They go, 10 cents, worry. Oh my God, why am I worried? I shouldn't be worried. Oh my God, the law of attraction. Oh no, there's something wrong with me. I need to fix the worry. Oh my God, fixing the worry. Oh no, I didn't get proper education as a child about money, so I need to fix that. Oh, there's something wrong with me. What's wrong? Now they're creating this whole other drama that has nothing to do with this. What we're meant to do is 10 cents. I feel bad. That's a good sign that you don't feel, you shouldn't feel comfortable with 10 cents. So 10 cents, I feel uncomfortable. Great, let's do something about it. Not 10 cents, oh my God, something's broken with me and I have this. Blah, 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 blah. Why do you think there are so many problems in, um, in couples? Because they, they think like that, you know, like, oh my God, you did this and I'm doing that and they're not good enough. And so it gets really like every time when, when I'm talking to someone and they think, oh my, I didn't work out because she was like this or he was like this. And I say, what was your role? Yeah. Because there is always, it takes two. It yeah. It takes two. So what was your role? And people don't want to admit that they had a problem. So yeah. it, it can even be allowing, like, it can, I think like really, honestly, it can be as simple as I, I knew how I wanted to be spoken to and I didn't communicate that clearly. And I allowed myself to be spoken in that way and didn't communicate that clearly. Like even that is your responsibility. They could, they could, you know, mm -hmm. really it is. Right. So it's like, there's and people, all. And people cannot let go. They, they have the hardest time letting go. It's like it happened a week ago, happened 10 years ago, and they still holding that thing, which is not good for them. And I love that you were saying that, okay, this is what you do. Yeah. You know what's funny about that is the reason why I feel that people cannot let go is because they're holding a position of powerlessness as it relates to the topic. So if you and I are having a fight, Eva, let's say we're married. <laughs> then, let's, get, let's do it. <laughs> and then you threw a can of soup at my head. Yeah. You know, or whatever. I don't know. Like, if I go, the relationship would have worked out if, can, if, if Eva didn't throw a can of soup at my head. So, and that narrative puts me in a position of being total victim. Yeah. It is solely your responsibility that you threw the can at my head. And what can I do about that? Nothing. So now I'm in a place that I don't like and I'm blaming you. And because I'm blaming you, I am totally powerless where if you just embrace what happened as something that you must live with now. Ava threw a can of soup at my head and 
now I'm making a decision to be with somebody who is not going to throw a can of soup at my head because that is what I want, right? So you're, you're embracing what you can do for the future. It helps you let it go. But as long as I hold you responsible for the reason why I am in my position, there's no way out and you cannot let go. Because you're always a victim. You're always powerless, a victim. So it's like if you want to take your power back, you stand up and uh, you uh, set your boundaries. Yeah. That's it. No throwing soups of cans of soup in my head, Eva. I told you last week. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we we're talking about the law of attraction. I have a, an interesting little story about that. Um, I was traveling uh, from, I live in Vancouver, and I was traveling to Montreal, and I needed a book to read on the plane. So I, I, I went to the bookstore, and I was looking at the self-help, you know, I like those books, and the love attraction book fell off the shelf at my feet. Yeah. I have never, it's like, I was like, is there a ghost something or somebody behind it? I took it up and I said, okay, this is my book. Awesome. You always get what you need. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Absolutely amazing. I really do. I think it's like, and and I I believe in it because I, okay, like for just from a practical level, right? So Mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of your listeners are into empowerment stuff. And so like, what I found is as I started telling people, I was like, oh, your emotions matter. And they're like, yeah, but what do I get? What do I get? What do I get? Like, you know, like my job, like I want this job. And the thing is, if you can line up your joy and happiness, then all of that has to come. And not just because of the law of attraction, which I actually believe, but from a practical standpoint, if you are, if you can position yourself in uh, uh, joy and power, empowerment and feeling like you're responsible and taking charge what employer is not going to hire that person? The employer wants to hire somebody who is confident, takes charge, and, and wants to dri- drive their own ship. What partner isn't going to pick the guy who's like, wow, he's in charge of his life, and wow, he's, he takes responsibility, and he's sensitive, and he's attuned to his own emotions and knows what he wants. It is so, it's sexy, it's desirable, it is who people want to hire, it's who people want to be friends with, it's who people want to talk to. So. You line that up first, you're invincible. But people go, if I get that job, then I'll be like that. And that's backwards. Be like that, then you get the job. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. I didn't actually learn that until after I started doing it. And I was like, oh. It works. <laughs> and that's how, like, things, um, unbelievable things. Like this book that I wrote, I wasn't going to write it. It just kind of happened. I started getting acting jobs left and right. I started getting more, more attention from men than ever. Like, I don't know. Like, things just kind of started happening once I got the emotional goal. Because your energy attracts energy, you know, and it's, it's very important. I'm, before, um, I just rebranded my, uh, my, uh, my podcast and my business name. Before, I used to say that um, sexy confidence breaks bad because it's true. <laughs> So that was my motto. <laughs> because uh, really, like, if you look at somebody who's well put together, who are you going to approach? Somebody who's whining in the, in the corner or somebody yeah. who steps up? And, and don't fake it because fake, it doesn't work. 
oh my god i oh it drives me like it, it makes me crazy when people are like uh, you know I, I work with a lot of teenagers and a lot of them are like well i'm gonna go to college so what's the right answer to say to this i'm like the real one <laughs> <laughs> like you can't train yourself to say the right things we're not parrots let's actually look within and be the person that we want to be which is possible if you can frame yourself in the correct way then things will happen and you'll live the life you want versus living the correct answers and it's just a fool's errand i tell you it's a fool's errand <laughs> yes do you believe that we get certain people in our life based on what we need at that point and they come and go depends if we resolved our our problems yeah absolutely yeah there's a season and a reason for everything i think yeah absolutely heartbreaking it can be heartbreaking but i think that is the reality but if you take it like that that okay this is happening because then it's not so bad because how to say we are always thinking about oh my god why did it happen why why it happened now or it was so good but it wasn't but we cannot see it at that point and when the person is gone then we realize okay what was the lesson if we take it like this i think it's much easier to overcome everything no yeah we have such a it's like oh my god okay so you know how there's a map <laughs> I talk like, by the way, Eva, it's so funny because I'm like this 35 year old guy and I, whatever, whatever, but I talk like a 17 year old girl. <laughs> you know what I love because I love it because it's so easy to understand. English is my third language. Okay. And for me, it's like, be just simple. I don't want to look up the dictionary if it's possible. Yeah. So it's, and it speaks to most of the people. So oh good. Go oh good. I say a lot of likes. I'm like a valley girl. I'm like, mm, so like, um, <laughs> you know. So if you actually look at a map, yes, you know, map of, I don't know. Let's say you're looking at a map of the United States, you know, and you're in you're in California. When you are on your way to New York and you're driving through the desert, what you see around you is the desert. Mm -hmm. And you have limited perspective as to where you're going because you're in the desert. You're literally looking around going, wow, I'm in the desert. This sucks. But what you don't know is you're moving in the direction of where you wanted to go. There's a broader perspective. If we were to scope out and take a look at you moving in the desert, you could see, oh, you are on your way to New York. It's just he has to go through the desert to go to New York. So it's like, it's important to remember that we as people, as we're experiencing things, have a limited perspective. And if we give it time, we can achieve a broader perspective. We can take a look at, oh, I had to go through that desert to get to New York. I see, you know, but it doesn't come till later. It's like the plane, because the plane, it's flying most of the time, of course, to yeah, get where it, it has to go. So it's the same thing. You you take some detours, but you still get there if you if you know what you want. Okay, so this is the time when you have to have a goal and uh, to have a destination. Yeah. I decided that I'm going to break 
up this interview in two parts and the second part is going to be even longer than the first one but it's totally worth listening because he's going to give you some tools how to handle certain situations in life if you have a chance uh, order the book read it because it's really good and after the second part I'm going to give you all the information how you can contact Aiden and yes this book is teaches you this day and let's listen to the music <laughs> 